Today, I'm going to go to the house where Richard Barrett was murdered. There are tingles dancing up my arms as I drive. Is that because I'm worried someone has moved in, or just the general death vibe of the house? I stop and fill up at the Texaco outpost in Pearl, even though there's more than enough gas in the tank. It's a chance to calm myself. I catch myself pressing on the pump and releasing it in sync with my deep breaths. A kind of makeshift yoga exercise. Richard lived in Pearl, but so deep in rural Mississippi, it's unincorporated Pearl, basically out of town. On a practical level, that means when you're knifed and left to burn inside your home, the Rankin County Sheriff's Department comes to poke at your corpse, not the Pearl Police. Ten minutes from the Texaco, the only store I've passed in unincorporated Pearl, the Stepford wife tells me to slow down. I'm dead on the corner of Highway 469 and Richard Barrett's Road. The sign on the church on the corner says, The weather never changes in hell. The trees don't block the sky in this part of Pearl. Instead, the sky is wide open and golden plains roll out everywhere. I curve in and slowly, slowly roll down Richard's Road. One foot ever so gently presses the brakes, the other ever so gently accelerates. Brake, acceleration, brake, acceleration. I realise I'm tippy-toeing. Each house sits deep in a golden field far from the road. I roll by a white mansion that could be owned by a Colombian drug lord. Then a gap of gold. Next along, a soot-covered mobile home, one god's breath from collapsing. A gap of gold. A cheery little cottage that looks like a gingerbread home. A gap of gold. A rat hole with dead refrigerators piled in the driveway. A gap of gold. Then, the murder house. The road is too narrow to park on the side. Mississippi chuckles. If you want to poke around the murder house, you're going to have to park in the murder house driveway. My hands roll right. I creep over into the driveway, waiting for someone to appear from somewhere to stop me. I pull my flip video camera from my pocket and push the red button. This is it. This is, um, Richard Barrett's house, where he was murdered. The dashboard, like an arsehole, makes a bing, bing, bing as I open the door. It's the loudest sound in the street. The crummy little house squats deep in the field. Crummy little is how the investigators described it in a newspaper article. It's not much larger than the double garage beside it. Red brick with a red roof and a white line of gutter. Same with the garage. And the two together look weird, like a couple out in matching tracksuits. The house is not new enough or old enough to mean anything. Judging by this and Jim Giles' trailer, white supremacy doesn't make you rich. But Richard was a lawyer. Doesn't that make you rich? I teetered toward the house, past police tape lying shriveled in the grass like shed snakeskins. I pressed the red button on the flip again. Looks like there's still that, um, that red ribbon that the police put out. Byline, do not cross. There's no next door on either side of the house. A golden plain to the left, woods to the right. My nose is touching the murder house. Iron bars run down the windows, and I push my face between them. A lush old armchair sits alone in a room framed by clean white walls, nothing else. I head to the white front door. I knock. The armchair doesn't get up and answer. I glide around the side of the house. The crunch of dead grass is the only sound on offer. Even the wind is shut up. I squeeze my ear against the electricity meter and hear a whirl. Rumours of this house's death have been exaggerated by me. A bit spooked that the house is still alive, I skip around the back. Broken glass, I whisper to the flip. I crunch over to the glass to the window whence it came and squeeze my face between the bars. The lush old armchair sits with its back to me. The house is so small, 
The armchair can be not far from the front window and not too far from the back window at the same time. I press my face harder to the bars and dart my eyes left. I catch sight of bottles of cleaning agents in a kitchen framed by clean white walls. I plod on over glass and grass. Tipped against the rear of the garage are six white tubes. They're the size of me, plus half of me more. I knock my knuckle on one and metal clanks. I don't know what these are, I tell the flip. What am I meant to be doing now anyway? Looking for clues? Clues to what? The murder? What does finding clues to the murder even mean? A gun in the water tank? A blood stain? They've got the killer already. Clues to who Richard was, I guess. And what might have happened here the night he died. Things that don't make it to court. Things that tell me what it might have been like. I thought...